I can just what? This isn't. We're not live streaming this to the interwebs. It's still contained. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. That's not just working on a his zombie impersonation. That's just the ales of sickness. Yes, we're re I told you we were recording. Oh, yeah, I'm sick. And the slave driver wakes me up to do this podcast. I was taking a nice nap because I only slept three hours last night. And then I went to school and I had to throw together this presentation that I waited for the last minute. And then I get home and I fall asleep. And then he wakes me up to do this podcast. Okay. And then his mother calls. And he hangs up on me. Well. For almost, uh, almost 35 minutes. And I said, this son of a gun. And here we are now. Well, I. He's like, let's record. Can I get my finish? And then he says, oh, let's record. And then I start coughing. So I said, no, record, no, record. And he records. To be fair, to be fair, my mom called me twice, so I figured someone had died. I figured like, oh. Well, you know, the podcast comes first, death comes second. That's true. They'll still. There's nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. They'll still be dead when you're done. That's right. You're not a necromancer. Not yet. I'm working on it though. I might be dead by the time we're done at this rate. Cough up a lung here. No, just keep just keep talking to me and I'll and stay away from that light. I just I just sound awful at that. It's not bad. The show must go on. You sound fatigued, but not like a a gravelly smoker. My mom got back from Vegas and oh my gosh. She smelled she sounds like she smoked every pack in existence. Yeah, it's bad. I don't know what she was doing in Vegas, but she, she's got that gravelly party girl voice right now, and it's not a thing I'm enjoying. Wow. Mm -hmm. There you go. What happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. That's right. STDs will follow you no matter where you are. That's sexually transmitted demons, as I was taught. Wow. Mm -hmm. That could be right. That yeah. Could be right. Because I went to a private school, and they were like, Now, kids, condoms can protect you from sexually transmitted diseases, but they cannot protect you from sexually transmitted demons. And the last thing I wanted was a horned little devil around my 13-year-old pee-pee, so I was very frightened. You just had to go there. What? I was... I don't know what. I was scared. Oh. Well, you're always scared. Hmm? What's new? What's that's, new? You're always scared of something. I mean, that's pretty true. <laughs> I'm working on it though. I'm trying to get more confidence. 
etkinlik. Yeah, well. Huh. You know how it goes. Yeah. What have you been up to? Dying. Yeah. How long have you been feeling like this? Well, I started Saturday, and then it's only gotten worse. And then Monday, I stayed home from school, but then I went to work because I started to feel better. So I said, oh, I'm getting better. And then Tuesday, it's like, ah, that was false hope. You're worse now. And then today is worse. And I said, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, man. Here we are. Well, we can, we can, speed, we can speed run through, through this recording so you can get back to sleeping. All right, all right. You went to. Okay, then we can speed run so that you can get to the the homework and stuff. You're the one over here dying. I'm trying. Uh, maybe you want to live your last moments in in happiness and without the pressure of being funny. No, that's I don't want you to I don't want you to say anything. I don't want you to say anything. Just croak like a frog. Right, I won't say. Well, if I don't say anything, there's just gonna be dead air. Then what are we gonna do? Well, then I guess I'll have to talk to my imaginary friend Gerald, and he speaks with a very poor British accent, and I don't think anybody wants that. All right, let's. I think maybe we should hop into this one. D- dive into this pool of of. Let's hop on. Let's do it. Uh, the book we've decided to talk about today is um, "To Kill a Mockingbird" by Harper Lee, which I don't. I think we've talked about it in that it's come up in some of the games we've done, but I don't think we've actually discussed the book itself. So um. Yeah. Everyone loves reruns. That's right. They're constantly friends reruns. Oh yeah, I'm your I'm your pen pal egg, and with me as always is just GG Jess. I almost missed that. Dying of Scarlet Fever. That's right. Do you have the Scarlet Fever? Oh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Is it like the Scarlet Letter? Am I an adultering whore? I you could be. I thought it was like the Scarlet Witch and that your brother will die. Oh, who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, Jess, can you give us a synopsis of To Kill a Mockingbird, please? Is that a no? Or? I'm the one over here <laughs> dying. And you're like, oh, do all the talking. I suppose we'll hop right into it. You usually... Right. Can I continue? Yeah, please. Can I continue? Please continue. The Kill a Mockingbird was written by Harper Lee, and I think it was written, I don't know, 1960, maybe, I want to say 1960. If not, it's close enough to 1960. It's set in the 1930s, and it follows this girl named Scout Finch, and her brother Jem, and their neighbor. Dill and Dylan, Dill, they call him. They live in Maycomb, Alabama. 
in the 1930s. I probably said that. <laughs> anyway, this her dad is Atticus Finch, probably one of the best little literary figures of our time, and he's this lawyer and he's an upstanding citizen man. And he's defending this African American fellow who's been accused of raping a white woman. Oh no! And anyway, the book explores elements of racism and um, prejudice. Prejudice? Prejudices that we have. Well, anyway, prejudices that we all have inside of us. And how we shouldn't judge a book by its color or a person by their creepy background of living in their parents' house. Like, we all judged Boo Radley for being creepy, but he turns out to be a decent person and ends up saving Scout and Jem. And I remember Scout, I could be wrong, I could be hallucinating. I remember Scout, at, spoiler alert, at the end when they're being attacked. For their dad defending a black man, and Scout was dressed up as a ham or something, or a ham sandwich <laughs> or something. I think that's true. She was dressed as like some type of food for a school play. Yeah, yeah, something. Nowadays, it'd probably be like a tofu <laughs> sandwich or something. I don't know. A bushel of kale. Maybe. Anyway, yeah. I remember that, and then I can't remember. I can't remember if the guy, that Atticus, <coughs> is defending from the lynch mob. I can't remember if he if if he is innocent. He. Oh wait, he dies. Yeah. They so. Kill him. Like a mob kills him, so you never know. No, no, no. You know that he's innocent because he only has one good arm. And the girl's story was something like he climbed up a cabinet and uh, or something. Something that would have required two arms and he, he only has one good arm. Yeah, but then the mob still gets him. Yeah, does a mob get him or does he get shot up in jail? I don't know, something happened at the jail. Yeah. And I remember a crowd of people... Anyway, it just goes to show that even if you're in a city, you're still probably going to die. <laughs> and I think a white man ended up raping her, right? Her... She wasn't raped? No, she wasn't raped, right? I don't... Th no, I don't think she was oh. raped. Was it implied that her dad was raping her, though? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's incest. Mm-hmm. I remember, though. Yeah. <laughs> And then later, that's the only book Harper Lee wrote until about two months before she died, and all of a sudden, Ghost Out of Washington comes out, which is a crock of bullsh, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that for one second. Mm -hmm. that, oh, that's fake. That's 100% fake, right? Oh, yeah. Atticus is suddenly yeah. racist? What? Well, yeah, what was that about? Yeah, Gemma's dead? Harper Scout doesn't like to dress the ham anymore. What? These are these are concrete facts about the characters you just shattered, like the mountain face of Mount Rushmore. What? She wrote that many years ago. No, she didn't. Y'all just wrote it now because you knew she was dying. 
Mm-hmm. If you wanted to cash in on one of that payday, go to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Her you sister, know, her is... Like the book, I clearly don't... I clearly don't remember the book very well. He was like, I did like it, and I plan on teaching it to my students. Mm-hmm. It's a good book. And, like, yeah. um, I was watching the news the other day, and there were kids who were going to do the play To Kill a Mockingbird. And I hope I'm not messing this up, but I'm 90% sure they were going to do the play To Kill a Mockingbird. And they ended up not doing it because members of the community got offended that it had the N-word in it. Well, folks, that's... Oh, jeez. That's the whole point, and that's what the kid said. The, the kid says, like, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable because you need to understand just how bad it was for black people at that time. Yeah, the schools are doing the musical Cabaret. Because <laughs> I saw that, and it was, I moved it outside, but now they're doing it. There's a school down by Milwaukee doing it. That's fine. That's cool. Well... There was a similar thing happened. A similar thing happened in the musical Cabaret. There's a song Cabaret, by the way, set in like soon to be Nazi Germany, and it has a lot of anti-Jewish stuff in it. Again, to the point to show that like it's it was a terrible time for Jews. There's a song in there. Cabaret is a musical about soon to be Nazi Germany, and about how it was a terrible time for the Jews. There's a song in that musical where it's like the cabaret leader is singing uh, about how beautiful he finds this gorilla dressed up in a dress. And like the joke is like clearly the gorilla is not beautiful. It's very ugly. But the, the master for some reason still finds it attractive. And at the end he says a line like in the original at the end, he says a line like, but if you saw her through my eyes, she wouldn't look Jewish at all. And it's clearly super offensive, but that is the point. And people got mad that it was offensive and made them change it. The point is to be offensive, not to be rude to the actual people, but to show that like horrible people thought that it was okay and we need to make sure that we understand and capture that so that it never happens to those groups of people again i'm more offended that they cast liza Odelli and silent bowls in the film adaptation that's what upsets me <laughs> yeah let's just throw that there you know oh man but yes. to, to Kill a Mockingbird is an excellent book. Yes, it really is. Yeah. It's, it's one of the few books in high school that I read and actually enjoyed. It makes me want to dress up as a ham sandwich or whatever she was. You should. Halloween's coming up. A bag of mixed nuts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh discussion that's the book shall we move on let's move on uh something where i don't have to talk soon okay well <laughs> this part of the show i like to call conspiracy catcher we did this one a while ago with the wizard of oz and what it is is i take famous books movies or tv shows and look up uh, just wonderful fan theories about them, and we discuss them. 
this time I chose the book series and movie series Harry Potter now I told you this Jess and you <laughs> expressed some concern because once again First of all, every time we talk about Harry Potter, I always say I've never watched the movies, I've never read the book the books. I don't Should know a lot. Talk, talk about it so because it's popular, because people like it. Why wouldn't we talk about it? I'm not even I'm not even I'm not even expressing an opinion about it. I just looked up fan theories online and thought they might be interesting to discuss. I didn't make up any of these. I didn't come up with them. Yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway. Um, I guess I told you to do a segment where I don't have to talk, but clearly I would have to talk about this. Like, say, you you don't have to play the stand on. One second. This is a segment of the show I like to call a just talking to the mic to fill up dead space. Oh. Yeah, some, what, <laughs> see, this is what happens. All right. Anyway. Everything good? I left segment where you don't have the voice. Huh? All right, yeah, everything's good. Okay. Everything's All right. good. Let's just get up with it. All right, so I've got three theories here. The first one, um, the Horrocrux that's in Harry Potter is the reasons why the dirt... Missed that? What was that? The Horrocrux in Harry... Okay, it's called the Horrocrux. You would know that. It's a Horrocrux. Continue. Horrocrux. The Horrocrux in Harry is the reason why the Dursleys hate him. So this is a pretty popular uh, theory among the fandom. It just uh, states that Horcruxes have a tendency to uh, corrupt the soul of people who's near them. A similar thing happens to Ron with uh, the necklace. And since uh, there's Harry is a Horcrux, People say that with enough exposure, uh, such as the 10 years Harry spent with the Dursleys, uh, the Dursleys would begin to develop a uh, unnatural, magically induced hate towards Harry due to the fact that some of the uh, he who should not be named's soul was a part of him. And that otherwise they would have been nice and kind to Harry and probably wouldn't have put him under the stairs. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. Right. When this theory first came out, I was like, oh, that's a really cool theory. I don't put any stock into it, though. And here's why. Because how much time does he spend around his friends at, at Hogwarts, and they don't get angry with him? Yeah, yeah, there's people there that don't like him, like Malfoy, but that kid's just a dick. Anyway, I feel like if he really was a Horcrux, he would have that reaction from many people throughout. Another reason I don't buy this theory is because clearly it has been stated in both the novels and movies, things that you are not familiar with, by the way, and I will remind you of that time 
significant that Aunt Petunia does not like Harry because she is jealous that his mother Lily got to go to Hogwarts and she didn't because she wasn't magical. So it's just resentment. And I believe, like, you know, her husband and son just follow suit because that's what mummy wants. That's my theory on that one. What's your opinion on this controversy or conspiracy? I mean, it's a lot of stress to just have a baby show up. Uh, especially, like, from a sister who you weren't very close to. So I think they're probably just crappy people. start to understand him more and they're kind of sad to see him go or maybe it's because he had to uproot their lives so that they'd be protected i don't know who knows right. i just don't believe the whole he's a horcrux so they're upset right i because i think you're absolutely right he spends a ton of time with all of his friends and teachers at hogwarts they would have been affected like that'd be cool if it was true but you'd have to expand on that so that they're affected like have dumbledore just, just like Bitch slap Harry like I'm done. Uh, you know, who knows? Right. Okay. Next theory. Draco is a werewolf. Uh now this one is There's a werewolf? A werewolf. Now this one's a little crazy. Okay. So in the six and seven books, uh the people who came up with this theory, Brit Brittany and Nick, that's the only name I was given, uh, are convinced wow. that Draco was turned into a werewolf by Voldemort because of his father's multiple failings. So instead of uh, Lord Voldemort punishing uh, the senior Malfoy, he would punish his son. Um, it plays off... What? Lucius is the dad's name. Lucius, right. Instead of wanting to, like, maybe turn away a, like, supporter like Lucius by killing him or maiming him, he just wanted to punish him by punishing his son. Um, it, pl it plays on the common assumption or misconception that Draco Malfoy is not a fully fledged, fledged Death Eater. In the books, he's not shown to have the dark mark. Um, he does reveal that he has something on his arm to the proprietor of Borgen and Burks, but the omission, the, uh, what one would assume is that the something is the dark mark. But what they would suggest is that it's actually a werewolf bite. And that he's using it to still scare the dude, just not with what everybody thinks. Uh, Does he show qualities of being a werewolf? He. Do we know? Yes. Uh, he appears to look unusually sickly in the Half Blood Prince. Uh, it would be. Uh, it would explain why his mom, Narciss, Narcissa, Narcissa, right, Narcissa Malfoy, uh, decided to turn on the Dark Lord at in the last minute. Minute? What the heck was that? In the last moment, 
saying that Harry Potter was dead, even though she knew that he could fight back. Uh, she would do this because if her son was a werewolf, he wouldn't be uh, accepted into the pureblood society that uh, Lord Voldemort would have created. The only problem with the only problem with this theory that I want to put out there right away, because I did this research, is that in the film you can see that Draco has a dark mark on his right inner forearm. Um, so if you're going by the films, this this is not happen. This doesn't happen. I would say he is not. It's a cool theory, but. I would say he is not. And also the problem with this is when fans come up with theories, J.K. Rowling herself will be like, yeah, that's true, or no, that's not true. So that's part of the problem. They don't live very long because she's always like, yeah, I like that. That's true. Nah, nah, that's not, that's not what it is. So I would say no, it's not a werewolf. Okay. That makes sense to me as well. I just, I thought it was cool. Yeah, it's a cool. It is cool. Now, theories are all cool. Yeah, I really like fan theories. I think they're really interesting. This next one uh, is the most ridiculous. It's just... It's it's very strange. It's... It, I believe... Uh, Alright, okay. So, this theory, its proper name is Knight to King. Uh, what... What... what? It's called Knight to King, and it's the theory describing how Ron, how Ron is Dumbledore, and how Dumbledore is just a future version of Ron that came back to the past. Let me. Dumbledore is Ron. Yeah, that Dumbledore is Ron. Let me hold on. Hold on. Let me. So this theory. Uh, examines the role of the magic chess game that was played in the first book, I believe? The Wizard's Chess? Yes. Yeah. What's interesting about that game is that Ron serves two roles in it. While Harry and Hermione are each different pieces, Ron is the king as well as the knight. Uh, the person who made this uh, theory states that the second war is mostly a metaphor with the Dark King being Lord Voldemort and having his own pieces in control. So, if we go under the... I don't know about that. Who would you say is the, is the Dark King, then, if it's not Voldemort? I thought they were just enchanted to prevent them from passing until they won. I didn't think he was controlling it like that. I no. Think it's just no, 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 no. Metaphorically, metaphorically, the Voldemort's not actually controlling the pieces. If you're talking metaphorically, then yes, because a metaphor, yes, yes, okay. Metaphors can be applied to anything, though. It doesn't mean it's whatever. That's true. I, I, hey, listen, I'm just saying the theory. Okay. So, if the chess... If the magic chess game is meant to serve as a metaphor for the second wizarding war, then uh, Voldemort would be the Dark King, and yeah. Harry Potter would not be 
the white king, because Harry Potter isn't controlling everybody on the on the good side, that would be Dumbledore, at least until he dies. So if Harry and Hermione have the, their roles while playing the chessboard game, and Ron has his role of knight, why would Ron also have the role of king? Controlling two pieces, I don't recall that. I recall him writing one piece and calling, telling the other pieces where to go. Right, yeah. So he was writing the knight piece, so he was the knight piece, and he was also acting as the king piece by telling the other pieces where to go. He wasn't, because there's an, there's an actual king piece. Well, yeah, but he can't ride both of the pieces. <laughs> His... So, I, this is the stupidest thing. Who, who came up with this? Um, Nick and Brittany came up with it? No, that was the last one. Hold on. Let me find the author here. Um, I can't find the author to this. Well, it's not important. Whoever, well, because they weren't brave enough to put their name on it, that's why, because of the crockpot thing. Here's the thing I want to say. If the person who came up with this theory listens to our podcast on a regular basis please stop get out <laughs> well they also point out that there are some physical similarities between ron and dumbledore they're they're both tall um i must also be vince vaughn i don't know wow get out of here with that uh, First of all, the reason, the reason, can I, can I say the reason why Ron was telling the other pieces where to go? Yeah, go ahead. The other shits don't know how to play wizard chess. They don't know how to do it. And in, in the media, they like in the previous book in the movie or in the, earlier in the movie, the book, they show Ron knows how to play. That's why. The reason he's controlling them and the reason she had him control them is because all three of those kids, once they're down there ready to face Voldemort, they each serve a specific purpose on advancing towards the final target. That's why. That's all it is. He's not Dumbledore. He's not a reincarnation of Dumbledore, mainly because he's alive at the same time as Dumbledore. Ooh, they're both tall. One's also a homosexual, white-bearded wizard, and the other's a ginger who falls in love with Hermione Granger. Get off of it. Get out of here. Movement on. No, case closed. I usually let people... Have their 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 like conspiracy theories, but this is just stupidity. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I do agree with you. I I saw that one, and I was like, "This is so." I know I'm not caught up on the lore, but I know that Dumbledore dies. I want to get it worked up. That's what you were saying. I don't want. I didn't want to get you worked up. I was just like, "This is stupid," and and just I can I even trick my brain into believing that this is possible. I could not. If you can, then you need to leave. I did, I did not. Dumbledore dies. When would, when would he even have time? Why would... It's just dumb. It's dumb. We're not even going to acknowledge it. We're going to begin a segment that I came up with. It's called Random Fact. And I'm going to do this Maybe every time we podcast, because it probably won't be that long of a segment, or just maybe once in a while, I haven't decided yet, where I just start spewing random facts about a topic just to inform you, Egg, and to inform the 
listeners of something they might not know a lot about or they might be familiar with, but they don't know a lot of the the nitty gritty little facts or details. Can I can I like butt in with a comment when I hear an interesting fact or one I want to discuss more? Sure. Okay. Sure. Cool. But first I want to tell you a joke. All right. That I heard. What would you call a jail cell that is missing five cents? A jail cell that's missing five cents. Uh, yes. What? A Nicholas Cage. That's pretty good. That's a good one. Did you know? Did you know Nicholas Cage was born January 7th, 1964 in Long Beach, California? His original last name is Coppola. <laughs> he changed it during his first movie, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, because he wanted to not be associated with his, his uh, famous relatives, Francis Ford Coppola, um, because he wanted to make his play in Hollywood on his own, and he didn't want people to assume that he was just riding the coattails of his uncle. How? So he picked his new name, Cage, after a comic book character, Luke Cage. How old was he when he came up with the name Cage? Because that's like, that's something 14-year-old Egg would come up with. Oh my god. He's a comic book aficionado, and that's why he chose it. And because it was just easy, and there was nobody else with that last name. Um, another fun fact, did you know about Nicholas Cage, that he wants the flower to bag you mushrooms with his house cat? They just found mushrooms in the fridge, like a bag of psychedelic mushrooms, and they ate them together. And I'm looking at my cat right now, and I don't think I'd ever do mushrooms with her. <laughs> if she tried to get um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage um, also once had a pet co- cobra named Sheba. I thought that was a fun fact that I would share with you. Uh, um, did you know that Nicholas Cage was once married to the same woman that Michael Jackson was married to? Not at the same time, but they were both married <laughs> to Lisa Marie Presley. So that was kind of cool. Really? Um, how many? How yeah. many? How many ex-wives has Nicholas Cage had? I want to say two. Wow. I don't know. Poor fellow. Um, Nicholas Cage was in this movie in 1984 called Birdie, where he played a Vietnam War veteran, and he uh, tore out all of his own teeth so that he could feel some sort of physical pain. Wait, wait, wait. In real life? Yeah, in real life, because he wanted to connect to the character, and the character's physical anguish, so he... Tore out all his own teeth. That's not real. That was a That's real. That's dead. Oh my god. Nicholas Cage is a weirdo. Nicholas um, Cage also, is also what? He's just like a he's just like a little gummy, like freaking What? I know. I know. Anyway, continuing on. Did you know that Nicholas Cage um got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on July thirty first, nineteen ninety eight? Did That's they? The year you were born. Did he mix his teeth in with the concrete? I. I think that was long gone. It was fourteen years prior. Get over it. The rest of us have. Um, this is my crowd. Um, is 
known as the best global actor in motion pictures, but that only applies in China. No one else in the world um, <laughs> signed on to that notion or backs it. Um, he did win the best um, actor in a leading role Academy Award for Leaving Las Vegas. He is credited for helping launch Johnny Depp's career because he's the one that connected Johnny Depp with his agent who got him a role in Johnny Depp's first movie, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Um, yeah. Nicholas Cage um, also donated $1 million to Hurricane Katrina Relief, so that was nice. Forbes magazine um, has him listed as one of the most generous celebrities of modern day, which is good, considering in the same year they announced that, they also announced that he was the most overpaid actor of all time. <laughs> so it's good that he's taking that extra money and putting it to good use. I, I feel like... Um, I feel like they should have factored factored in his generosity before they threw shade at him. Like that's a little rude. Like great guy, overpaid actor. The thing is, like they put the generosity first, and then they're like, "By the way, he's overpaid." <laughs> um, Nicholas Cage um, owned a copy of Action Comics number one, which is the first appearance of Superman, and it is the most expensive comic of all time. And he said that it was his most pride purchase ever. It was stolen in the year 2000, by the way. <laughs> and then they found it 10 years later. And now I don't know if he has it again or if he just, like, doesn't have it. Can you imagine, like, I like to imagine he had just given an interview, like, Yeah, I do have uh, Action Comics number one. It is my most prized possession. And then, like, <laughs> he went home and he was like, I'm just going to check it out. Just to relive the glory days. And... <laughs> He, like, went into the basement in the secret vault. It was located, like, threw away the picture frame that was covering it. And it was just, like, an empty space. It's like, what? My comic. So, I, I always give you crap for your bad accents and bad impressions. I've never heard your Nicolas Cage impression. I'm actually impressed. It was pretty good, in my opinion. This is the first time I've thrown it out. And <laughs> Continuing on with Superman... <laughs> He um, named his son um, Kal-El, which is the name of Superman Kryptonian persona. Is that the, f is that the full first name, or is 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 the yeah, first name Cal and the middle name L? No, that's the first name. So, yeah. Cal-El Cage. Um, yep. He also has a son named Weston Cage, and they wrote a comic book together called The Voodoo Child, so whatever. Mm. Um, did you know that Nicolas Cage's favorite sandwich is roast lamb on white bread with a little bit of mayonnaise and arugula? Because he talks about it a lot. Even, even Nicolas's Cage's, even Nicolas Cage's favorite sandwich can't be fucking normal. I'm sorry I swore. But, <laughs> like, like, he can't just be like, oh, I like ham. Ham's pretty good. So I like that roasted lamb, fresh from the slaughter. I sacrifice it to the old gods, and then I put it on a nice See, loaf I'm of bread. I'm wondering if I was wrong, and maybe Scout in To Kill a Mockingbird is actually dressed up as a roast lamb sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the last fact, did you know? Not the bees! That's it. Man, that was really, I really... That's just a lot. That is a line that Nicolas Cage uses in... Um, the Wicker Man, and it's really awful and cheesy, and it's unpeed now. So that's your facts about Nicholas Cage. Oh that's also the 
the first fact segment of this podcast. Jess, that was so good. Oh my gosh. What? Nicholas. Yeah, I learned in there with a joke. And then I started throwing out the facts. Oh my god. He pulled out all of his teeth. Yep. He's a weird, a weird man. I just. He named his kid oh, Cal. Oh, go. Someone who I think might have stolen um, his comic is one night somebody snuck into his home when he was filming in Vancouver, Canada. And Nicholas Cage woke up, and at the end of the bed was a naked man eating a plugsicle watching Nicholas Cage sleep. So maybe he knows something about who took the comic book. I don't know. This is like... That's all I got for you. <clears throat> this is why you should like never wish to be famous when you're a kid because people are freaking nuts. People are insane. Did, did that guy wake up and be like, I wonder what celebrity would have fudgesicles in a bed that would suit my naked butt cheeks? Probably Nicolas Cage. I don't know. I mean, he just like broke into Nicolas Cage's house and was like, oh, it's a little warm in here. I'm going to get naked. Oh, he has a fudgesicle. I'm going to see what he looks like when he sleeps. Yeah, did he <laughs> Did he bring the fudgesicle with? Was he like, oh, this is going to be a great night? I do not know. <laughs> I don't know. Poor I can't Nicholas imagine. Cage. Nicholas Cage has fudgesicles in his freezer. I don't know. No, he probably has, like, more frozen lamb that he can just slowly uh, thaw with his tongue like a popsicle probably i just saw the time we we have recorded a long time about 42 minutes wow i told it it just flew by uh, we might not have time for games today no and hey i think that's all right i might have stolen the spotlight with the record or the the random fact oh my god it was so I mean, good Nicholas Cage is definitely the best, uh, the best person to open that up with. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, what an enigma. He's a national treasure. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't read any books lately on the topic of what our podcast is supposed to be about. I've just been busy with school, so it's midterms week. I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm I'm doing good. I've been reading things for school, so lots of old oh. British lit and old American lit. Uh, reading the Canterbury Tales. That's a. Those are the Canterbury one. Tales. Mm -hmm. There's a. Uh, there's a book. There's a story, written by Marie de la France, uh, called L'Anval. And it's basically about this knight who gets picked on, and then this really hot fairy shows up and is like, I'll marry you, and we can keep banging, but you can't tell anyone about about us. And Lan Val's like, totally cool with that. And then, a while later, Guinevere shows up, and she's like, hey, Lan Val, I want to I wanna sleep with you. You seem pretty hot. And Lan Val's like, no. And she's like, oh, you're gay. He's like, I'm not gay. I'm banging the super hot fairy queen. And then Guinevere's like, oh, no, you're not. I'm going to. So you're enjoying it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I never knew that Guinevere was, was a bit of a hoe. Yeah, a bit of a, a trollop, if you will. Yeah. 
Well, I'm glad you're enjoying your classes. I currently have no English classes, so <laughs> no reading for me. But next semester... I'm reading in Next semester, I have Shakespeare, and I plan on referring to him only as Shakespeare in the, the entire class. I will never say Shakespeare, just Shakespeare. Good. Stick to your morals. I like that. Yeah, is on in a half hour, so I'll be watching that. So maybe I'll have some updates. I wasn't pleased with last week's <laughs> premiere episode. I was with it until the last five minutes, and I'm not going to spoil it because it's recent. But come on, just get, come on, get out of here, get out of here with that. Is it too far to say that it's taking a very poor supernatural turn? Yeah, and um, uh, maybe they can fix it. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And uh, until then, I'm I'm your pen pal egg. And I'm Nicholas Cage. And thanks for coming to our corner of the bookstore. Bye.